Hello everyone, this is John G. Daniel, honored to be the host of the National Minority Supplier Development Council Equity in Business podcast. I'm honored to be your host and I'm more honored to be here with Mr. Don Cravens Jr. Esquire, who is the Undersecretary of the United States Department of Commerce with a focus on minority business development. Thank you, sir, Thank you, for sir. taking the time Thank out of you. your Thank crazy you. schedule. And we, we do an honor. honor what you're doing in this country today. Well, and you, you're doing it nationally. Thank you. Well, let me thank you and, and, and MSDC, uh, the, the, my dear friends there, not only at the, at, the, at the central leadership, the headquarters of New York, but all of the councils that, that are in the regions uh, that are just doing the certifications for MBEs, working mm -hmm. with MBEs mm -hmm. to build the American dream for so many minority-owned uh, businesses and minority business enterprises. Thank you for doing this podcast, and thank you for letting the little country boy from Louisiana participate. I'm honored. <laughs> thank you, sir. I'm going to get right into it. Let's do it. There you go. Um, tell me about yourself, your backstory, your background. Young people out there need to hear who you are, where you come from, what drives you. Take it, sir. Take well, it. I, I, I was born in Houston. My parents had moved to Houston from southwest Louisiana, Lafayette, Louisiana, in search for a job. Like a lot of wow. um, black families in the deep south, they're, they're, they're always migrating to find opportunity. And so at that point in the early 1970s, my parents thought that was Houston, Texas. Went to Houston for a, a year. I was born, and my mom said, I need help. Uh, my dad back then was an entrepreneur. My dad actually ran a paint and body shop and was doing some odds and ends. My mom was a teacher. Moved back to Lafayette where uh, I started growing up and, and where we spent most of my, my time. My father and mother, my mom taught for, for almost 40 years, but my dad and my mother still own and operate a small independent insurance agency in Lafayette, Louisiana. And so I grew up um, the son of entrepreneurs, of black mm -hmm. entrepreneurs in the Deep South. And that has informed me, it has impacted me, it's made, molded me into the person that I am. I remember those nights, uh, sleepless nights for my parents when they were trying to make ends meet, trying wow. to figure out how we would pay uh, Miss Verna, who was the lady who worked for Don Craven's insurance agency for, for her entire career. How are we going to get a loan from a big bank? How are we going mm. to, uh, how do we justify or rectify that Businesses on the other side of the of town, on the other side of the railroad tracks, did so much better than we did, um, or had more resources and more avenues than we did, and and struggled with that throughout um, our life. But also saw the benefits of entrepreneurship. My brother and sister and I um, had a had a good life because wow. my parents were were, were 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 entrepreneurs and advocates and 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 never gave up and had that stick to itness that I think that makes America such a uh, a unique place where you can do well if you roll your sleeves up. Even in face of adversity, you can still be successful. That informed the man that I have become. I think it has informed the family that 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 my mom and dad, sister and brother has become. And now it's informing our families as well. I, I left Lafayette um, and went to college at LSU um, and then attended law school at Southern University's Law Center where I met my wife um, there. and. Uh, was married not long thereafter, and, and she and I have uh, a, a, our own family now. We have a, a, an older daughter who's in law school, a son who's a senior at West Point, and a, and a 12 year old. Um, but and we, we live in Maryland, and so we politics, service, um, entrepreneurship. I think all those things are who I am, and so being the nation's first undersecretary of minority business development, I really do believe 
it was a calling by God that when I look at all of those experiences from those dinner tables with my parents to um, getting that HBCU education at Southern University Law Center, which has prepared me for many of the challenges that I think um, we America is still dealing with and facing, especially MBEs, and, and to just find the right soulmate and, and having such a great family. Um, all of these things have prepared me to be here at MBDA, to be here at the Department of Commerce, uh, and to be in this space, I think, at this point in our nation's history. So that, that's who I am. And my, my hobbies, my, my, my off time, what I like to do, I like to fish. I like to hunt. I'm also in the National Guard, where I'm, I'm honored to serve as a lieutenant colonel in the District of Columbia Army National Guard. No, that's not a hobby. It's work. But it's where I, I, I get to satisfy and fulfill a lot of my... Um, needs that aren't MBE related. The, the, the Army National Guard gives me an opportunity to take this hat off and put on a whole nother hat, a whole nother uniform and still get to serve my country. So um, I have a great life, uh, uh, JD, and I'm, I'm very honored and very blessed and very thankful. This is awesome, sir. Tell us a little bit about what you do as the Undersecretary for the United States Department of Commerce. I would, let, me, let me start by telling people a little bit about MBDA. MBDA was created in 1969 by then President Richard Nixon. If we recall our history, 1969 was a part in the civil rights struggle where economics was becoming a centerpiece of that the struggle. The Voting Rights Act had been passed, the Civil Rights Act had been passed, and Dr. King, before he was murdered, he was actually in Memphis, he was talking about economics. Um, he was talking about economics. And so the civil rights community at that time, along with President Nixon and members of Congress, decided that it was time to also address the economic needs of the civil rights community and, and demands of the civil rights community. And so the Office of Minority Business Enterprise was created here at the Department of Commerce. Over the years, that became the MBDA, the Minority Business Development Agency. Now, sure. that's great. It existed for 52 years, but it was a temporary agency. And what I mean by that is it was constantly being created, not by law, not by Congress, but by each president. So every president would reauthorize the agency through an executive order. Mm -hmm. Now what that means is it means it's temporary. It means it could go away at any time. The president could, could change his, his mind or the next president could determine decide not to do it. Thankfully the agency existed for 52 years, but being a temporary agency meant temporary, and I, I, I like to say um, temporary consistency, that it, 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 it had its highs and its lows depending on who was in office, what type of appropriations it received from Congress. In 2021, as part of the bipartisan infrastructure law, supported, as I said, bipartisan by both Republicans and Democrats, the Minority Business Development Act was part of that larger bill, that larger infrastructure law. And for the first time in 52 years, MBDA, the Minority Business Enterprise, became a permanent agency. And JD, I have the easiest job description I'd, I'd like to say in the federal government. What I mean by that is, Congress tells me what I'm supposed to do. Congress mandates what the undersecretary, the first undersecretary of MBDA is supposed to do. And, it, and really, Congress has given me three broad responsibilities. The first is to be the voice for minority business enterprises in the country at all levels, the federal level, the state level, the local level. Congress says you, Mr. Undersecretary, um, are supposed to be a leader of MBEs, the, the voices for contracting, access to capital, exporting, those issues, you're supposed to track them, you're supposed to talk about them, and you're supposed to provide resources to help those MBEs um, be successful. 
um, in, in this space. And so the first thing the act did is it elevated MBDA to an undersecretary level. Now, people are wondering, what is an undersecretary? An undersecretary is the third highest presidential appointee. So there's a secretary of commerce, Ms. Gina Raimondo. There's a deputy secretary, Mr. Don Graves. And then that third level of appointees at any agency is an undersecretary. So a high level of responsibility. Congress believed it was important that MBDA have an undersecretary level. The second thing that Congress mandates that we do well at MBDA and as undersecretary I focus on are on our grant programs, our national network of business centers and grant programs that MBDA runs. When I took over, we had 88 grant programs. These are traditional business centers located all across America where MBEs, people who have been socially or economically disadvantaged of all makes and model, can walk into our doors and, and seek entrepreneurial help, business support services, technical assistance. And so we've got programs like that. We've got advanced manufacturing centers. I think you've had uh, Brother Phillips yes. um, on, on, on the podcast as well at our advanced manufacturing center in Baltimore. We've got export centers. Um, MBEs want to be able to sell and market their goods and services across borders. And so MBDA is a place you can, you can go and get that type of technical assistance to do that. We've got a federal procurement center here in Washington, D.C. for those MBEs who want to do federal contracting, federal procurement. You can walk into these centers, again, if you're socially or economically disadvantaged American, or anyone, we don't close our doors to anyone, it's just what we specialize in are our services for socially and economically disadvantaged individuals, and you can get help. Now, when I started, we had 88 centers. I'm proud to say now we have 131, and we'll talk about how we expanded that um, in another question. But the last thing I'll tell you, J.D., is Congress is saying to me, and you've got to track the experiences of MBEs. What do I mean by that? Congress is mandating that MBDA create a clearinghouse for all information related to minority business enterprises in this country. And I take that, that obligation very serious. It's, it's, a, it's a daunting task, but it's one that we must do, especially in light of, of where we are in our nation's history, where some are beginning to question what should socially and economically disadvantaged services look like and to whom should those services be provided. Congress has said to MBDA, we want you to be the clearinghouse, the information gatherer of all data, demographics, um, statistics related to the minority business enterprise experience here in America. And so that is going to be, I think, as you see MBDA grow and become even more intentional of an agency, that's where I think we're going to be able to play a, 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 a huge role for the American, for government, for the American just the enterprise, business enterprise, is being able to work with NMSDC and others mm -hmm. to really catalog, to talk about um, what is the MBE experience, the minority business enterprise experience in America in 2023, 2024, and beyond. So you've given us a historical perspective and a government 101 perspective that America needs to hear, and I appreciate that. I want to just say thank, thank you. you for that. Um, I think key here is what I've gathered so far is that the MBDA, as related to the United States Department of Commerce, is like a backbone for a collective impact group of minority business, MBEs, people supporting them in order to create more efficaciousness yes. or effectiveness. Um, and for that, we thank you. Well, John, I call that you. equity. You just gave a wonderful Woo. 
um, <laughs> a great definition of what I just call equity. When you know, when you're the first undersecretary of minority business enterprises, um, minority business development, people ask me often, "What does equity mean?" Because they're hearing it thrown out a lot, both. By the administration, you hear the president on day one, he issued an executive order on equity related to all of the infrastructure and the things that are taking place. But you also hear equity under attack in the media and, and, and in the courts. And so people often ask me about equity and what does equity mean? And what you just said, in my opinion, is equity. It's really meeting people where they are. Mm -hmm. It's understanding that, that not everybody comes to the, Come to the dance uh, with the same skills or to the, to the fight with the same training. Um, much of which is sometimes because of where they come from or, or who they were related to or, or their background or, or barriers that were put in place to stop them. And so what, what makes MBDA the backbone, I would say, of the federal government is we are an equity agency, one that is centered on just simply providing tools, boots, straps to help MBEs pull themselves up. The great Whitney Young talked about boots and straps and that America is a boot and strap nation. We want people to pull themselves up. You often hear that. But many Americans have just not had access to boots and some don't even know where they can find straps. MBDA is an agency that can help people who want. It's not a handout, it's a hand up. It's a, you want help, you want to be an entrepreneur, you want to be a founder, come to our offices, come to our business centers, come and get that technical support, roll your sleeves up, and we're going to try the, our best to give you the tools and resources you need to succeed. Now, you and I both know, John, not every entrepreneur is successful. No. My parents had businesses that were successful, and they've had some that, that didn't make it. Yes, sir. Um, but that is the, I think we've got entrepreneurs uh, in this country who are willing to take that gamble, who are willing to take that risk, but they want an equitable shot at it. They just want a fair shot. I, I, I want to know about grant programs. I want to know about loan programs. I want to know how to do federal procurement. I want to know how to export. Teach me and then watch me run is what I hear most entrepreneurs um, say. Just teach me and watch me run. And when they run and they win, America wins. The country wins. That's right. The cities win. The states win. America wins. Uh, 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 America is more competitive when all of our entrepreneurs have a fair shot at success. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. You know, um, our folks were country people. Mine from Virginia, yours from, you know, Texas and Louisiana. One of the things we always said is we best learn by example. Yes. As we talk about backbone, what MBDA stands for, give us an example using the National Minority Supplier Development Council as to what kind of collaboration goes on to support their efforts and the efforts of MBEs. Well, look, it only makes sense. NMSDC, the National Minority Supplier Development Council, was also created by executive order um, two years after MBDA. So we are a brother-sister organization. Um, and so they do this much of this work on the private sector side, working with corporations and private institutions that we're doing on the government side. So it's imperative uh, that we continue to work together in areas of supplier diversity, in contracting, mm. in equity, in right, in what's good for America. And so they have been a consistent partner with MBDA for, for, for decades. And I think the work that we do best together, where we collaborate best together, is an, on awareness of, of resources that are out there. So just like this past year, we worked together. At, they had their... Um, their big conference, their exchange, their conference and exchange. We had our National Med Week conference, Minority Enterprise Development Week conference, and we collaborated to do them at the same place. 
at the same time so that we could we could share messages to people on both the private sector side as well on the government side and so I'd made for a wonderful joint conference uh, a collaborative conference experience where people were able to learn about government resources and people MBEs were able to learn as well about private sector resources and so working with them on the national level has been um, has been good I think for both of us to do so it, it's a way to hold people accountable on both sides of the uh, on both sides of the spectrum the government side as well as the private sector the other thing that I'm glad to see is M M NMSDC has also now decided uh, to be more engaged with the MBDA in the in the equity space by becoming one of MBDA's grant programs. Mm -hmm. One of the grant programs, I, I mentioned to you earlier, we grew from 88 to 131 grant programs in MBDA business centers. And the reason we were able to do that, John, is because the Department of Treasury gave MBDA uh, um, a task. Mm -hmm. This is what happens when you become permanent. People start to look at you. Yes, man. Um, Department of Treasury awarded or granted MBDA $125 million and said, we want you to help get the word out on the state small business credit initiative. Now I'm gonna do some more teaching. I know it's a lot of words, but this is we need to know this. The the the, the, the there's a $10 billion program called the State Small Business Credit Initiative. Don't stop teaching. All right. $10 billion <laughs> that the Department of Treasury set up to that states could apply for. And and most states, if not all, applied for that $10 billion. And states were granted pro rata shares of that $10 billion. So for instance, California received over a billion dollars. A state like Louisiana received just over a hundred million dollars. Mm -hmm. But depending on the side of the state. The, the the whole the program is designed to get small businesses access to capital. The number one issue that all small businesses face. But as we know, MBEs have, have even a harder um, road when it comes to accessing capital uh, than, than others. And so that $10 billion is, is now going to the states so that MBEs and businesses, small businesses, can, can get access to capital. But the Department of Treasury knew it was important to get the word out, that sometimes the word doesn't always filter. It's hard, we, everybody, you know, there, there's only one John Daniel, so we gotta make sure that we get the word out. So they came to the MBDA, turned to the MBDA, and said, can you create a program that gets the word out. So we created a program called the Capital Readiness Program. Capital with an A, not state capital, not federal capital, <laughs> money capital. Um, and, and the Capital Readiness Program allowed us to set up, stand up 43 additional business centers, incubators for startup mm -hmm. businesses, uh, accelerators for businesses that are already moving, to get them ready to access the money, the 10 billion, but, but also to get them ready to access all of this infrastructure money and, and resources that are flowing. All of this broadband money, this these roads and bridges and MBEs don't want to just live in robust communities. We want to build robust communities. We don't want to just drive electric vehicles. We want to build and own the charging stations, right? Um, and so the state small business credit initiative provided that 10 billion. The 125 million is going to create 43 new centers and NMSDC was an award winner of one of those 43 grants. And so when you take the work that I know they're going to do with the other 42 or so award winners all across America, we're going to serve all the states, um, the, the Puerto Rico um, as well, the, the territory. And so this, I think, is going to have a, a definite positive impact 
in getting MBEs and others. Now this program is for socially and economically disadvantaged individuals, right? And so this is open to people who live in rural America. This is open to people who, who are veterans. This is open to anybody who's been socially or economically disadvantaged. Mm -hmm. They can walk into an MBDA business center or one of these capital readiness centers and again, talk to our folks about help, resources, knowledge is power, tools that are out there. Because again, this infrastructure, bill, this infrastructure act, the, the money that is flowing, in order for it to truly transform America, make America stronger, we need we need everybody to have an equitable shot at participating. The pie gets bigger. Yes. So that America gets better. Yes. I yes. Love it. How do you envision working with the National Minority Supply Development Council in the future? What kind of collaboration will go forward? And this is in context that things change. Yes. You know, but you have some strong relationships with the Young Choir, yes. the whole nine yards. Yes. Share with me how you envision to work with them in the future. I, I think it's, you know, we signed an MOU with NMSDC at the 50th anniversary, um, uh, which was in New Orleans, I believe, at NMSDC's big 50th anniversary. And in that MOU, and our lawyers worked hard uh, to make sure that we made intentional, um, intentional commitments. Um, that we would work together on those things. And I think that conference, the joint conference, was part of that. The way I, I see us working with NMSDC in the, in, the, in, the, in the future is, again, sharing of knowledge, sharing of resources, collaborating on things. But John, we also have to work on, on equity together. Mm -hmm. Equity is under assault in this nation. Mm -hmm. You've heard me talk about that before. Equity is under a three-pronged assault in this nation. First is an attack on the, on, on the constitutional protections that, that have been sought and fought for for generations by Americans. Um, attacks on affirmative action, attacks on programs um, that, that, that have been um, set aside for, for certain people in this country. Those, those programs are under attack, and I think NMSDC, MBDA, is, a, is, a, is, a, is a, an agency that was set up for people who are socially and dis economically disadvantaged, the 8A program. Um, those are pr things we have to, to, to work together on to just tell the truth about the programs. Yes, sir. To yes, tell sir. the truth about the programs. Equity is also under attack in, in the programs of equity. So DE&I programs in the private sector. As we know, those programs work. Companies that buy goods and services from a diverse set of suppliers mm -hmm. are stronger companies. We saw that during the pandemic. People who had a diverse supply chain those companies were stronger when one of those companies fell because of the pandemic. They had other places they could go. So we know diversity works. We know supplier diversity is good for America, and it makes people a bunch of money in the corporate sector. And so NMSDC and, and our partners and MBDA, we have to work on making sure that people understand that and that we don't let that get clouded in any way. And then you said something. The third attack, the assault at equity on equity right now is this notion of the pie. You mm -hmm. talked about the pie. Mm -hmm. And you said it just right. We, we, there's a myth, I think, that in order for you to do well, I got to do less well. Mm -hmm. Or in order for me to give you some, an opportunity, that means I have to take an opportunity away from somewhere else. And that's just a myth. That's not true. That's what's so great about this infrastructure investment that has been made by Congress and by the administration is that it's a bigger pie. And so I don't have to take something from you. Let's just create more slices to the pie because we have a bigger pie. Not that we have to divvy up more of the same exact pie. That myth, though, is, is clouding this discussion on equity. And so where I think we can work with NMSDC and other partners as an equity agency, it's just telling the truth about 
equity in this country, that there's still systemic barriers um, to success for certain people. There are folks who are socially and economically disadvantaged. Congress has said that consistently. Our presidents have said that consistently by reauthorizing the MBDA. We see that in other programs. And, and, and rather than fighting, let's, let's fix things. Mm -hmm. Let's work together. Let's build success. Let's give people an opportunity. I think that's where we have to work with NMSDC and others right now in this space is to, is to just remind people why it's important to have a National Minority Supplier Development Council, and still necessary, to remind people why it's important. Congress got it. They, they codified. They, mm -hmm. they made us permanent in 2021. Why it's important even in 2023 and 2024 to have a, an MBDA, a Minority Business Development Agency. Absolutely. Sir, as we come to a close, just want to reflect that you are humble, well, thank you. honest, and hungry for the truth. Yes. As we close out, I want to open it up to anything you want to share with our audience. Well, I, I want to, first of all, just thank you for allowing me to be part of the podcast. And, and again, thank all of our friends at NMSDC, Ying McGuire, and all of our regional councils, many of the regional um, folks at NMSDC also are, 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 are run business centers at MBDA. And so I'm so proud of the partnership. Our work does work hand in hand, hand in glove, and I hope we'll continue to do it. The message I'll give to MBEs is this, is it, and, and I'm gonna give them one more thing to do. And I know they're gonna say, well, wait a minute. It's hard enough running a business. It's hard enough dealing with some of the barriers and challenges that I've discussed uh, during our talk. But I want MBEs to understand that there's another piece to the work that they do and they have to just remain ever vigilant and they have to have their voices be heard and NMSDC is an organization that allows that to happen people must network they must talk you can't do entrepreneurship alone in a vacuum entrepreneurship is evangelistic is what I always oh, say you have to spread the preach. word about <laughs> programs you have to spread the word about best practices you have to spread the word about resources and so I would just ask MBEs as they continue to work hard like my parents have did and continue to do and, and and all of you are doing don't lose faith don't lose hope spread the good word talk network join your chambers join your, your regional council of NMSDC just realize you're not in it alone. And as long as I'm here, as long as MBDA, NMSDC, and others are around, um, you've got resources, you've got a, a village, you've got people you can depend on. And so, thank you. Thank you, sir. Appreciate thank you. It's a pleasure, sir. Time. Thanks for your leadership, Blessings. John. Have a great holiday. Thank you. Thank you. Happy thank New you. Year, brother. Thank you, sir.